Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Dr. Michael L. Brown will continue to provide us with the facts and understanding needed to respond to difficult questions biblically and stay rooted in your faith even when others seem to be abandoning theirs. A big thank you to everyone who has already participated in our Meeting the Mission Million Dollar Match. Friends, please know the amount you give is not important. What's important is that you participate. You stand with Watchmen on the Wall and Southwest Radio Ministries. Everyone doing something. That's how we'll be able to meet the goal. So please, participate. Stand with us. Your gift is needed today. Call 1-800-652-1144 and stand with SWRC and Watchmen on the Wall. 1-800-652-1144. Or you can give at our website, supportswrc.com. That's supportswrc.com. Thank you for helping us meet the mission. At a time when the Bible and Christianity are considered untrustworthy, Will you and I choose faith, or will we choose to follow the culture? Michael Brown is back to help us be prepared to answer the questions of the culture and stand firm in our faith. Dr. Michael F. Brown is back with us for another program. In our previous program, we were visiting with him and talking about his book, Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith. I've read the book from cover to cover. I am impressed with this book. I'm always impressed with Dr. Brown, and it's always a privilege to have him with us. So, Dr. Brown, thank you so much for the second show. Thanks for having me, and thanks for your interest in my writings. I appreciate it. Let's talk about kind of a strange phenomenon, but I think you you deal with it quite adequately. Alistair McGrath, who has a standing in the intellectual community, he wrote a book, The Twilight of Atheism, The Rise and Fall of Disbelief in the Modern World. And then, of course, Rodney Stark, The Triumph of Faith, Why the World is More Religious Than Ever. How are things like this possible? Are we missing something? Are there some dots we need to connect? In the chapter in Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith, where I deal with the effect of the new atheism and how the, the arguments of the atheists have trickled down in, into general society, and I deal with the phenomenon that you have more Americans than ever with no religious affiliation, so they've just dropped out. They may not call themselves atheists, but they call themselves nuns, N-O-N-E-S, so right. no religious affiliation. And yet, you have these other books talking about the twilight of atheism, this new one by Eric Metaxas on the end of atheism, and then the Rodney Stark book. And these are Rodney Stark and Alistair McGrath, you mentioned. These are highly respected professors, scholars in their fields. And Eric, of course, does careful research. So how do we explain that? If atheism is rising, how is atheism also falling? Well, the deal is that it doesn't deliver. The deal is that ultimately it it arrogantly assaults the faith and mocks those who believe in a God or believe in the Bible or anything like that, but it does not deliver what's really needed during a a season like COVID, for example, with the fear, with the anxiety, young people in isolation and others wondering who's going to die next. Atheism does not deliver the answers that give you confidence in the midst of the storm, that give you hope in the midst of the sickness and even in the face of death and they give you courage to to move on no matter what the loss, because God himself is really with you. So Rodney Stark 
points this out, and, and I've, I've got some amazing quotes from, from Professor Stark in the book. So he points out countries like Sweden or Iceland, which are famously becoming less and less religious. You, know, you may have the state church in Sweden, but it's, it's really dead for the most part, and large numbers of people don't attend at all. But when you dig deeper, you find that all kinds of superstitious beliefs and other things are rising. You find a country like Iceland, where it doesn't even register as 1% of the people who believe in a divine creation, and yet you have large numbers of the people believing in these mystical beings, kind of like elves, who, who live hidden in different places. There are people who put food out at night to feed them, and miraculously, in the backyard by the woods, the food is gone. It must have been these little elves. When they're going to dig out a new road, they have to consult with someone, some spiritualist, to tell them if these little elves live there. That's what I'm calling them, the, the hoodoo folk. So it's absolutely unreal. So what happens is, we're even seeing it in America now, that more and more millennials who've dropped out of church dropped out of religious faith, they're now getting into witchcraft, they're getting into all types of bizarre forms of New Age spirituality and things like that, because something is still missing and something is still lacking. And the question is, we're all going to die, and atheism does not answer that. Atheism tells you that's it, and it's over for you, your entire existence is over. And that's a dreadful thing for many to think about. Then there's the other fact that Around the world, the churches that are growing, and the same in America, by and large, they are the ones that preach a clear gospel. They're not the so-called progressive churches, the watered-down churches, the churches that try to become like the world to win the world. No, these are churches that are burning with passion, with hunger. They are preaching the truth of the gospel without compromise. And young people in particular are flocking to those churches around the world because they're meeting God. Mm. They're getting an answer to the, to the pain, to the sense of isolation, to the questions on the inside. And they're getting the burden of guilt removed as they repent and get cleansed through the blood of Jesus. Even in other religions, what grows is that which is committed to its faith expression because people don't go to the religious world for more of the same. They go there for something else. But thankfully, we have not just something else, but the truth that transforms hearts and lives. You cover so many important areas. One that I want to look at carefully, because it's very important, your chapter, The Politicizing of the Gospel, is a must-read. Of course, the whole book is, but I certainly agree that our worship services do not need to be political rallies. Obviously, we're not pushing a certain party or whatever, but what about Christians and politics? Are you calling for for Christians to abandon politics? I don't believe you are, but some people claim that you are. What's your response to that? Yeah, thanks for asking. It is very important for Christians in America to be thoroughly involved in the political system. It's a sacred privilege that we have with the Constitution of our country. It's a privilege that most people through human history and many around the world to this day do not have. So it is we, the people, that determine the government. So by all means, we should vote, and we should vote in an informed way. And we should know, even to the school board and our local community, where they stand, what the issues are, and we should get involved. If we are called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, then certainly our involvement is critical here, too. If we're not shining light, where's it going to come from? If we're not a moral conscience... Where's it going to come from? There are others who are called to more active involvement. 
their call to lobby, their call to have a political network that informs Christians. And there's still others who are called to run for office. Wonderful. Do it. The key thing is we have to realize that politics is not the gospel, that politics can't transform a heart or set a captive free, that there is no party that is God's party. I have far, far more solidarity with the Republican platform than the Democrat platform, but I understand that the Republicans are still human beings, that there is corruption, greed, all this politicizing battles that happen among human beings, and that the Republican Party coming into more power is not going to transform America. I would prefer Republican policies to Democrat policies absolutely over, over many key issues. And I voted that way for many years. But my hope is not in a party or a person. Remember when Barack Obama came to fame and people called him the chosen one. And then as Donald Trump ran, I heard people say only Trump can save America. And I said, look, there's only one chosen one who can save America. And it's, it's not the name of, a, of an Obama or a Trump or any human being. So what, what happens is we get too caught up in politics. Yeah. We get in a frenzy like the world does. We get just as divided, just as nasty, just as vicious. Our hopes go up and down based on the elections rather than based on what God is doing on a larger level. And then we look to a person to do what only God can really do. So we have to do is put everything in its proper perspective. I believe that politics is important and political involvement is important, obviously, for many, many reasons. I mean, for economy and security and moral issues and religious freedoms and on and on. Absolutely important. But if I had to make a list of 10 things of how to change America, political involvement would be there, but it would be around number 9 or 10. Mm. It would start with (laughs) prayer and repentance and discipleship and preaching of the gospel and and acts of compassion and goodness and, and so on and so forth and infiltrating every area of society with biblical values as we live them out in the midst of this world. But so what's happened, to tie this back in with the subject of why so many Christians have left the faith, is that many young Christians in particular have seen the church as primarily an appendage to a political party. Many Christian leaders became better known as supporters of a political leader than followers of Jesus. And then what happens is, if I become better known, so I voted for Donald Trump twice, if I become better known as a Trump voter than a Jesus follower, then whenever he says something stupid or ugly, Mm. now I'm associated with that, and now Jesus is associated with that. (laughs) So I scream out to the whole world, Jesus died for my sins. He has my life, my heart, my soul, my forever belongs to him. And I voted for Trump. That's the way I want it to be known. And if we shout that out and and stay involved, we can make a good difference. Amen. So well put, I I believe. Jesus always told the truth. He invited men and women to follow him, but he never said it would be easy. In fact, he and the apostles were very clear. You'll have enemies. You'll have to endure persecution. We will not enter the eternal kingdom except after much tribulation and so on. But I think there are some people today, even some, some evangelical churches, that push for a decision too quickly. They create the impression that if you accept Christ and live the Christian life, your life will be blessed. You will never have any problems and so on. And I think that may be one of the reasons why so many are, quote, falling away, because when they finally face problems, and we all face problems, you have, because you're such an articulate defender of the truth, you have some enemies, I have some enemies, but 
you know, when we come to Christ with the idea that you're going to be blessed and you're going to be happy, you're going to have a lot of money, you're going to have a beautiful wife, a big house, and so on and so forth, I think that's very deceitful. I think we need to be, well, like Jesus in presenting the gospel, present the truth that, hey, this is going to be a battle. Those who are righteous will suffer persecution. Your comments on that? Yeah, 100% with you on everything you just said. And as you know, having read the book, there's a chapter on the effects of a compromised gospel. So just think of this for a minute. Think if you're being recruited into the Army, but you think that being in the Army means you get a free scholarship, that you get free room and board, and the country of your choice for the next four years, whatever it is. And you don't know that being in the Army means you might get killed. <laughs> being in the Army means you got to you know, shave your head and wear the clothes they give you and eat the food they give you and get up the time they tell you to get up and do this, 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 this. Well, in a few days, you're out of there because that's not what you signed up for. So Jesus says in his parable of the sower in Matthew 13, Luke 8, and Mark 4, that the seed that's planted on shallow ground. Now, we can debate whether these people were ever truly saved, but let's just look at the parable. The seed planted on shallow ground, it quickly springs up. Wow, this is wonderful. Mm. I didn't know that following Jesus could be this beautiful. I didn't know there were so many great people in the church, and my business is really prospering since I followed Jesus, and this is, I just love this good feeling I get. Okay, well, great for all of that, but (laughs) that's not what the gospel's about, right? So now, tribulation and hardship come, persecution because of the word. What if that doesn't come for six months or a year? What if that doesn't come for two or three years? When it finally does come, it's going to reveal that these are either false converts or shallow converts, because now that they realize there's a price to pay, taking up the cross, following Jesus, denying yourself is the entryway to the gospel. Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. Paul said, all those who live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So when these things happen, people are going to fall away. We've got kind of the pep talk gospel where the pastor sounds more like a life coach just to have you have a smile on your face every day and be successful in life. Well, that will not stand the test of persecution, hardship, and even just the tribulations and trials of life. We've got all these by-forms of it. It's kind of like the celebrity gospel. You become hip and cool by following Jesus. Well, what happens when there's reproach in following him? What happens when following him means that your social media platforms disintegrate and die because the people that followed you didn't follow you because of Jesus. They followed you because of all the carnal stuff. So there's no question that part of the reason for a lot of the apostasy in the Church of America today is that people have heard either a counterfeit gospel or a shallow gospel or a compromised gospel, and it, it does not give them deep, solid roots, and therefore they don't endure. Amen. So well put. I want to talk about your chapter, Because Iniquity Will Abound. You have some really profound tips on standing strong. For example, you say an important principle when you are struggling with sin, cut it off. Don't cut back. And you talk about, well, you say, for example, if you're a married person who is getting pulled into an adulterous relationship, trying to resist, and yet seeing your resolve lessen day by day, you have only one solution. Cut it off. Don't trick yourself into thinking, well, just cut back. I used to be a very heavy smoker about 30 years ago, and I tried to cut back a little bit. It didn't work. But tell us about that biblical principle. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Don't think, well, I just, you know, cut back a little bit. No, you've got to cut it off. How does that work, and what is the application of that? 
Yeah, so in the chapter, I explain that we are exposed to sinful temptation in a way that's unique. Right? It's always been here through human nature. But when I was a teenager, when I was shooting heroin at the age of 16, living a debased life, I didn't have access to pornography. I was too young to buy it. I couldn't get into a porn theater if I knew where there was one. My dad didn't subscribe to Playboy. None of my friends' dads subscribed to it that I knew of. I didn't have access to it. Now an eight-year-old kid can access it on a cell phone. Right. And it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere and available. And the same with other things. The distractions are 24-7 in ways beyond what we've had before. So we have to be all the more vigilant. And Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. Same principle, right foot, right eye. He's speaking metaphorically, saying, you've got to deal with it ruthlessly and radically. So when God set me free from drugs December 17th of 71, that was it. You don't play games with it. You don't hang around it. You run from it. Paul tells Timothy, flee youthful lust. Don't just stand there and say, I'm going to resist. No, get out of the environment that's trying to pull you down. I was an unhealthy eater all my life until the age of 59. I was a chocoholic. <laughs> I, you know, pizza, pasta, burgers. Even though I was disciplined in certain ways, I wasn't a glutton. I was obese. And what I was doing was, was unhealthy for, the, for my physical body. And when God convicted me and helped me to change uh, almost nine years ago now, mm. I knew, okay, that's it. I will never have these bad foods again. You say, that's radical. No, it's liberating. <laughs> it's been wonderful. My life's transformed. I'm 68 years old and, and exercise with guys in their 20s. I feel wonderful. I have a brand new life. My All health right. is, is off the charts. But here's the thing. I live as if I was a recovering food addict. Mm. Just like you with cigarettes. You know, okay, I'll cut back to half a pack a day, and then I have one cigarette here. No, you open the door, and it comes in like a flood. You can't play games with it. Look, if, if you had venomous snakes that had invaded your house, you wouldn't be good knowing we got rid of most of them. We got rid of most of them. No, you couldn't sleep at night, and you wouldn't let your kids sleep in that house until you knew that every last one was gone, and then you find out how they got in, and you'd stop it from happening again. Sin is our enemy. Sin will never help us. Sin will never do us any good. We will never commit sin and afterwards say as Christians, boy, that was really worth it. But you better believe when we say no to it, we say, thank God, I'm clean, I'm free. And we've got to realize we're in a difficult situation that we've never been in before as human beings with everything we have access to. So we've got to be more vigilant. Yes. If you play games with sin, you will lose. What about the Hebrew word akarit, after effects? God sees the whole picture. We only see part of the picture. And you develop that and how that's a very important word in the book of Proverbs, which, of course, is geared to stating the truth, simply uh, finding success and following it. So tell us a little bit about the Hebrew word akarit and how that helps us to stand strong. Yeah, the last time I talked about that was last night to a man <laughs> struggling with sexual immorality. It comes from the root in Hebrew that has to do with that which is behind, the, the back, that which comes after. So from our vantage point, we don't see what comes after. We don't see the after effects, the final results. And Proverbs, more than any book in the Bible, uses the word acharit to say, for example, in Proverbs 5, oh, the seductive woman, she looks so good, you want to have to have, oh, no, but her acharit is this, her acharit is death. And what Proverbs shows us is what's going to happen in the end. And see, if I could see 
the results of my sin before I committed it. Right. If I could see the destruction it would bring, the, the breaking of a family, the destroying of a ministry, the physical disease that would follow, I would never touch it. I'd never go near it. Right. So Proverbs 19.20 tells us to listen to counsel now so that we will be wise in the Akhari. It's the wisdom of God. I just talked to a young man who was an attorney with one of the biggest Christian attorney organizations in America, standing in their family marriage policy. He and his wife just got into social drinking as Christians. It ended up destroying his life. He ended up in jail for failure to pay alimony. He was almost in like in a chain gang in Arizona. It was unbelievable. God miraculously brought him back, restored him back to his wife. And now he's got liver issues because of all the drinking and things like that. And you think, man, you, if you could have seen a snapshot from there, blessed with your family, with all your kids, and being used by God to now being on this chain gang now with liver disease, you'd never have a mm. sip. You never would have touched it. That's the principle of the Akharit. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for these shows, and especially for your life and ministry. I, I always learn so much. I love your books. Keep on writing, and we'll keep on having you on. My joy, and thanks. Thanks so much. The complete two-day presentation by Michael Brown is now available on CD. Call today and order your copy, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Michael Brown's new book, Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith, will provide you with the facts and understanding you need to respond to difficult questions biblically and to stay rooted in your faith. Order your copy of Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Now, here's Greg Patton with another look at living in today's world. Well, as a part of our ministry to Southwest Radio Church, on a personal level, when we get out and speak around the country with the team. I have started ending all of my sessions with I'm talking about our new book I'm writing, The New America, Flood of Evil, or The Invisible War on the Saints, which will be continuous through the next few years. Regardless, I'm going to be ending What's Important Now, The Win Program of Life. What's Important Now? In our latest meeting there with Dr. Rob Lindstedt in Sunrise Christian Academy, I shared, and it was brief, a little over a minute or so, about the loss of my son, Benjamin, last July when he had taken an anxiety pill laced with fentanyl and passed away almost immediately. Such a shock. When I got off the platform and headed to the back by our table, Dorothy came running up and gave me a big hug with tears in her eyes. And I thought, oh boy, it was a a gripping moment. I I said, can I help you? Can I pray for you? And she said, I can so identify with what you just said, Brother Patton. My 26-year-old son is gone. He took his own life. Wow. How often do you hear that? And you know, before our time was over there in Wichita, others came with similar stories. And again, as we talk on the radio daily with our program called Hello World, news information and comment, trying to inform the Christian, 
as we write our books or do any other radio programs, especially here at Southwest, that thought comes up immediately. Where are you right now and what's happening in your life? And how can we as Christians encourage and be there for one another? When I started in evangelism, Dr. James Bachman, my pastor, I was staff evangelist for Roanoke Baptist Church for 10 years. And one of the things I told him that bothered me, I enjoyed getting out and speaking about the media and revival. And we had some of our meetings go up to four weeks long. It was so exciting. But I I told him one of the discouraging parts about that was pastors would take me out to breakfast or lunch or the evening meal and just pour out their hearts. And oftentimes it was negative. I thought, boy, this is discouraging. I don't need to to hear this, but boy, did I get rebuked from my pastor. He said, that is part of your job as an evangelist. What? Yes. Who do these men that you, when you go to their church, who do they have to talk to even within their local church? They can talk to you. You're stopping by for a week or two. They can talk to you, Greg, and you need to listen to them and encourage them in any way you can. I had never thought of it that way. There's something to that, my friend. Yeah, trouble ain't troubled. It hits me, and so I tell you all about mine, but I'm not interested in yours. You need to be, beloved. That is part of the ministry for every Christian, and we're all ministers to some degree. Listen to people. Sometimes that's all you have to do. Just be a listening ear as that Christian friend shares life with you. So let me ask you today, what's important now? Importance, being saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, absolutely. And the abundant life God gives, not only in heaven to come, but the abundant life he offers now. So again, as you look at others in your life, ask, What's important now? Looking at the stories of those who fell away, as well as the larger cultural factors, the book entitled Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith by Dr. Michael L. Brown offers solid answers to the major attacks against the Bible. Order a copy for yourself and for that friend or family member who may be struggling with their faith. Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith is available when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Friends, would you consider participating in our special dollar-for-dollar match? You can help us continue to meet the mission and double your impact when you give today. You can show your support by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144, or you can give online. Visit supportswrc.com. That's supportswrc.com. All gifts given are tax-deductible, and they all go toward the $1 million match. Call today, 1-800-652-1144, or visit supportswrc.com. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Head into the weekend with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. 
Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Please visit supportswrc.com. That's supportswrc.com.